Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium. And uh, the Nefarium in its European franchise is going to be very busy, it looks like. Uh, this is all kind of part of my Watch Italy. I, I got to tell you, I'm doing this, this news and views very early in the morning because I literally have had just posted the Watch Italy blog on my website and a tidbit. Then I got more news about what's going on in Italy, and it comes at the same time that there's some problems in the um, Charlemagne Palace, let's put it that way. Uh, so anyway, before we get to that, I want to remind everybody there's a vid chat tomorrow. Uh, that will be at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. That's for all of our African and European time zone members. I'll probably be in the chat room early like I usually am just to talk with people and all of that good stuff. So vid chat tomorrow. Anyway, let's get busy. I want you to listen to this article. I'm going to pull a few paragraphs out of this. Um and then I want to turn back to Italy because um, this article that I'm going to read, I think, sets the context very nicely for what I think Italy is, is really up to. <laughs> and as I put it in the main blog today, you're witnessing Italian realpolitik, uh, the good old-fashioned way, uh, reminiscent of Venice, <laughs> if you really want to go back in history a little bit. So the first article that I have here is titled German Economists Slam Macron's Eurozone Reform Agenda. And you're not going to believe this one. I mean, really, this one, not to coin a pun, took a lot of gall <laughs> to, to, to propose um and we can put this we can put this article in in the form of the answer to the question who gets to play Charlemagne this time all right and clearly France wants to play Charlemagne and Germany is really saying no you can't <laughs> but, but, but anyway here we go French president Emmanuel Macron is facing a sharp rebuke from a group of senior German economists who criticized his Eurozone reform plans in an open letter as risky and leading the bloc into a liability union. In an open letter published in the German newspaper Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung on Tuesday, a group of 154 German economists have thrown more cold water over the French president's proposals for Eurozone reform warning against turning the European Monetary and Banking Union into a liability union. The economics professors, including Jürgen Stark, a former board member of the European Central Bank, and the former head of the IFO think tank, Hans-Werner Zinn, warned that Macron's proposals pose grave risks for European citizens. Now I'm skipping a couple paragraphs. Germany has so far proved to be a stumbling block for the initiative because Berlin is not convinced that increased burden sharing will make the Eurozone, notably its banks, notably Deutsche Bank, 
any health error. Skipping a paragraph again. In their letter, the economists showed themselves to be appointed to virtually every measure proposed by Macron and Juncker. A newly created European Monetary Fund, or EMF, they said would be ineffective because it would be, quote, under the influence of countries, the USA, that are not members of the Eurozone, unquote. Using the EMF as reinsurance for struggling banks would merely, quote, reduce the incentive for banks and regulators to clear bad loans, think Deutsche Bank, at the expense of growth and financial stability, unquote. Skipping another paragraph, the creation of a European finance minister, the economists believe, would, quote, make monetary policy even more politicized, unquote, and the creation of a common deposit insurance scheme for the Eurozone would socialize, quote, the cost of mistakes that banks and governments have made in the past, unquote. Now, let me, that last paragraph, let me stress that again. The creation of a European finance minister, the economists believe, would, quote, make monetary policy even more politicized, unquote. And the creation of a common deposit insurance scheme for the Eurozone would, quote, socialize the cost of mistakes that banks and governments have made in the past, unquote. Now, that last paragraph is the giveaway, although the middle paragraph that I uh, read to you, Germany has so far proved to be the stumbling block because Berlin is not convinced that increased burden sharing will make the Eurozone any healthier. What all of this amounts to is Germany is saying we've had it footing the bill for for all of the socialist policies of southern Europe, think Italy, folks, think Greece, but now particularly Italy, we've had it. We don't want to do this. Uh, take your proposal, Monsieur Macron, and, you know, put it where the euro doesn't shine, all right? This is effectively what's going on. Now, Merkel, of course, has been leading the EU more or less with all of these policies. And this is another indicator to me of just how weak her government is and why France chose this moment to press this type of agenda because the government in Berlin is very, very weak. So France wants to play Charlemagne. German economists are saying, no, you can't. <laughs> And all of this, folks, is the context for the recent Italian elections. Now, today, literally, I just posted about, I think about 20 minutes ago, the uh, tidbit where they were considering the Florentine lawyer, uh, Giuseppe Conti, to be the prime minister. And now, uh, just as, literally, just as I woke up, I had this in my box uh, this is on Yahoo. This article reads, quote, Giuseppe Conte's appointment could herald an end to more than two months of political uncertainty. And there's some paragraphs in here that I want you to listen to very carefully. Because in today's main blog, I pointed out that Italy looks to me, and this is my own opinion, there's not many other people out there that are saying this at all. Uh, about what Italy is up to. But as I pointed out in the main blog, the situation couldn't be better for Italy trying to renegotiate 
structural, genuine, deep structural reforms in the European Union. Because, of course, Conte, the new appointed uh, prime minister of Italy, represents this coalition of parties that won the last election that were calling for these reforms. And in their platform, incidentally, is a platform of getting out of the EU altogether. So in other words, they are playing the political brinksmanship game at a time when Paris and Berlin <laughs> are deeply, deeply divided about the future of the European Union. All right. And the Germans now realize if Macron has his way, that means they're going to be footing the bill for anything that Italy manages to renegotiate. So, folks, if you've been waiting for the EU to blow up, <laughs> this is about as close as it's come so far. So anyway, in this second article, I want to read um, about five or six little paragraphs. This is not a very long article, but it's very telling. Listen carefully. Quote, Conte's appointment could herald an end to more than two months of political uncertainty in the Eurozone's third biggest economy. But the coalition's Eurosceptic and anti-immigration stance has alarmed senior European officials. However, the 53-year-old Conte unveiled Monday as an anti-establishment five-star movement and Nationalist League's pick for Premier sought a more conciliatory tone toward Europe when speaking to journalists at the presidential Quirinal Palace. Quote, I'm aware of the necessity to confirm Italy's place both in Europe and internationally, said Conte, who cast himself as the people's lawyer. Quote, my intention is to give life to a government of the people that looks after their interests. I'm ready to defend the interests of Italians in Europe and internationally, maintaining dialogue with European institutions and representatives of other countries, unquote. Now, notice that last phrase, representatives of other countries. I think what that means is we'll talk to whoever's going to give us the best deal. If that's the EU institutions, we'll talk with them. If we can arrange deals one-on-one -on -one with the countries that make up the European Union, France, Germany particularly, then we're going to do that, <laughs> okay? In other words, what all of this is saying to me is that the new Italian prime minister knows that Italy now is in the driver's seat, that its position is immeasurably strengthened by the squabbling that's taking place right now, between France and Germany over who gets to play Charlemagne. And Italy's just arrived on the scene and basically said, hey, maybe we should play Charlemagne. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love this. Now, let me continue down here because uh, Conti was appointed by the Italian president, Sergio Mattarella. And I want to read just a couple of paragraphs as to why Mattarella was balking at the appointment of Conti, because Conti, in turn, was going to appoint a particular Italian finance minister. And again, shades of Venice, folks. <laughs> this, this is really good. Quote, Mattarella was reportedly concerned about the plan to name Paolo Savona as economy minister. 
the Minister for Industry between 1993 and 94, Savona, 81 years old, was staunchly opposed to the signing of the Maastricht Treaty. That's the treaty that led to the structure and shape of the current Eurozone after they've rolled out the old exchange rate mechanism and created the Euro. And basically France, uh, at that time anyway, capitulated to uh, having its currency pegged to the Deutschmark. So the Euro, in other words, is basically the old exchange rate mechanism. Uh, it's just a disguised name for that. Uh, anyway, Savona 81 was staunchly opposed to the signing of the Maastricht Treaty and has said he considers the euro currency, quote, a German cage, unquote. And, of course, he's right. <laughs> all right. So what does all of this mean? Well, like I say, you could not have this happening in Europe at a worse time for France and 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 Germany and their aspirations to be Charlemagne. In other words, the the final uh, the final say on the direction of the European Union. This puts Italy into, in my opinion, a very very strong position, and they've they've <laughs> they've armed themselves quite literally in this party platform with the statement that, you know, if we can't get a good deal, well, then we'll just leave the EU, <laughs> okay? So this is this is looking to be like it's going to be a very, very interesting couple of years. Um, Italy, like I say, is, is in the driver's seat, third largest economy in Europe. So Paris and Berlin are going to have to walk very, very gently. Now, there's fallout from this because this could also conceivably weaken their hand uh, in the negotiations for the British exit from the European Union. So a, a little word uh, to Signor Conte, you might want to be on the phone to Prime Minister May <laughs> and be talking about some things. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can work it all out. <laughs> and that whatever you work out will probably not be very welcome in Paris or Berlin. Um, this is this truly to me, folks, is is really astonishing that all of this is happening so quickly now. Um, this appointment of Conte is going to make it very very interesting. A Florentine lawyer, folks, and you know you've got that old northern Italian city state background and history. Uh, of knowing how the financial geopolitical game is really played. So this is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, private note to Vlad here. Um, while you're watching all of this over there, you might want to uh, take up the matter of that outstanding arrest warrant against a certain individual whose last name begins with S. Uh, you, you know, the situation now is tailor-made to be doing some uh, international cooperation with the USA, Israel, Hungary, and so on. So, you know, have your people contact my people, and uh, we can work on that um, while the EU is uh, preoccupied <laughs> with other matters. Anyway, uh, don't forget tomorrow, folks, the vid chat starts at 2 o'clock. I'm probably going to start early. Uh, usually I end up doing that. I will be there early for the pre-chat just to talk with people 
on a more informal ad hoc basis like we always do. So we have a lot of fun. If you don't know the vid chats or not a member, uh, look at that and uh, hope to see you there in the vid chat. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Anyway, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for sending me all these articles. It's been a wild and woolly week, and next week looks like it's going to be the same. So that's it. We'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Bye-bye, and God bless. Remember, watch Italy. Bye-bye. <laughs>